Shit, what a... Alright, stop. Session. We're starting over. Alright, <coughs> <laughs> 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 okay, right, guys, I'm recording, so... Just function for a second, okay? Hey everyone, this is Zoe Hazen, and you're listening to Catch All, a Beacon production out of Palm Beach Atlantic University. This week we're taking a look at memes, and I recruited a couple of friends to help me out, which was a little harder than I anticipated. But I got them to finally focus, and we talked about some funny stuff, and it's pretty telling about what our generation finds humorous, and how we embrace this way of interacting in the world through, well, memes. But before we get into our conversation, I want to unpack what exactly a meme is and where the concept comes from. Act 1, Origin. So there's a lot of conflicting information out there about what exactly the first meme is, but I compared a couple sources, so we've got a pretty good foundation to go from. And a quick disclaimer, this is very little of my own discovery and just a lot of regurgitating information that I've googled, but what's new there? So baseline, the word meme, as we refer to it today, means, and I quote, an activity, concept, catchphrase, or piece of media which spreads often as mimicry or for humorous purposes from person to person via the internet. That definition comes from Wikipedia. Contrary to popular belief, Wikipedia is a treasure trove of accumulated human knowledge. I'm a firm believer in the validity of democracy democratized information, so Wikipedia as a source should not damage my ethos. If you really want to go high-level concept, memes have kind of been around forever, since the dawn of humans. Like, a handshake or saying bless you after a sneeze could be considered a meme, because, you know, it's passed along person to person. The word itself, meme, was actually coined by an by author and biologist Richard Dawkins in his book The Selfish Gene. The meme he was referring to was a biology term regarding genes and stuff that involved mutation by random change and spreading through accurate replication. His meme involved traits that would be passed down through generations. So the internet meme that we think of was actually proposed by a journalist, Mike Goodwin, in 1993 of the June issue magazine Wired. And uh, Mike Goodwin was a pretty active media guy. He was on Wikimedia Council and stuff. But here's the thing. In 2013, Richard Dawkins explained that the concept of the internet meme, coined by Mike Goodwin, was a hijacking of the original idea of his meme concept, which means that the meme, the word meme, is actually a meme within itself because Mike Goodwin took Richard Dawkins' original word and changed it and used it in a different context to refer to the internet. So a meme is a meme within a meme itself. (laughs) It's pretty meta. Okay, so now that we've established that internet memes come from this biological term and it really just means passing along information and every time you pass along information it changes person to person. We can dive into what maybe a couple of the early internet memes looked like. So I found a couple of times that the original internet meme is attributed to a rather disturbing video referred to as the Uga Chaka or the Cha 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 Dancing Baby. Uh, so it's kind of also universally known as the world's worst meme. I will go ahead and just put some audio in here what this song is and there's an awfully rendered cgi baby on a black background doing some sort of macarena dance to the music you're about to hear and you can find all the links to all these memes in the show notes um in itunes in the description but uh yeah so just take a listen Girl, you just don't realize 
Yeah, so picture a CGI baby, like a really awfully, awfully animated CGI baby doing a dance to that song. It's pretty bizarre. The context behind it is that in 1996, two animators, Michael Gerard and Robert Mouvry, wanted to show that you could program movement into different characters using computers. So they came up with this dancing baby, and the animation company that they worked for, they thought it was pretty cool, so that they like sent it out to other animation companies kind of like hey look what we can do and then it got to this animation company Lucas Arts so and it made it into this guy's hands named Ron and he made a few changes to the original file and turned it into an animated gif and the gif is like where it's not not a video but the picture moves and um he sent that out to a few co-workers who sent it to friends then it to more friends and so on and that gif took the pop culture world by storm showing up in advertisements merchandise tv shows so obviously it evolved and the original idea was hijacked and that made it a meme another notable early meme was hamster dance and all you really need to hear is the song <laughs> Yeah, so the song itself is really more of a meme than anything else, and it originally came from a website designed by an art student, Deidre Lacarte, in August 1998. She was having a competition between her best friend and her sister to see who could get the most web traffic, and she um, made this webpage as a homage to her pet hamster Hampton, which featured 392 animated dancing hamsters that she paired with a sped-up song called Whistle Stop by Roger Miller which was originally written for the 1973 Disney cartoon Robin Hood. So here's that song for a comparison. So this thing kind of blew up. Hamster Dance spread like wildfire and bounced around a couple domains, but the original concept and site received only 800 hits in the first seven months, and then it received millions <laughs> over the next couple months. And the site began spreading through email, and it was sold to different uh, domains, and it just kind of blew up, <laughs> much like the Uga Chaka Dancing Baby. The Hamster Dance song actually became so popular that it was sampled in different uh, pop group songs and it hit number four on the UK radio charts. So between Hamster Dance and Uga Chaka Baby, you've got the birth of something that will take over virtual interaction as we know it. Laughing at dumb stuff and passing it along to all your friends. And surprisingly, it has the power to maintain and build relationships, which we'll see when I talk with my friends here. So act two, the interview. So I have some friends here with me. Can you introduce yourself? Logan. <laughs> Your full name. Just Logan. Just Logan. All right. So we got Logan. James Vineyard. All right. And these are two uh, meme experts. By no means are we experts. <laughs> two people that frequently send memes to a group text. Logan and James. As you can sense, I had a hard time keeping my interviewees focused. They were also snacking at the same time, so sorry for any crunching you hear from this point out. They constantly send memes back and forth to each other, and this qualified them as having some sort of expertise in my head, so we'll just go from there. Okay, so I'm here with my 
locally sourced meme experts. Um, do either of you have a particular meme that's impacted you? Yeah. Yeah? I have to find it. Yeah, you have to find it. James, do you have one available? My favorite meme of all time comes from the Vine video, which is popularized by Vine comedian Nick Coletti and a American dubstep producer, Tanner Petula, and a series of video clips up, uh, uploaded in 2015. And this meme is the sad meme. Quick interjection, for those who don't know, Vine was an app that rotated around from 2013 to 2017. Vine consisted of six second videos. Yeah, it was just for six seconds. The medium was mostly used for humor, so to be successful, you had to make people laugh in under six seconds. It's very Gen Z. I originally saw this video on a uh, compilation on YouTube. I know how cringy that is, considering I should have found it on Vine, but um, I didn't have Vine at this moment. Side note, the app Vine was essentially discontinued in 2017. The compilations that James is referring to are these vines put together in long videos and saved to YouTube, pretty much immortalizing this lost medium. This is around late 2015 and it sparked a very strong um, inside joke with my fellow colleagues and um, friends and family. We originally just started going around saying sorry in many different ways to um, express gratitude or happiness or just wanting to say hi. The meme itself is these two dudes literally saying suh dude back and forth in various scenarios. Here's some audio so you can get the vibe. What's up dude? Sorry. Dude, sir. <laughs> so, shh. This is a library. So, dude. This um, evolved into us coming with t-shirts and nicknames with each other. My nickname was Saw, And my friend's was Saw. And my other friend, well, um, we just call him Dude, bro. This also led into my favorite other following vines, also found on a YouTube compilation. The conversation derails for a second, but James brings up vines again. And it's important to point out that vine is actually a really popular way that memes have surfaced. It's because vines were only six seconds and they were easily passed around and quoted and parodied. So later on in the conversation, Logan calls to memory another meme inspired by a vine, and James explains. See, that's the cool thing about memes is that makes me think of another meme. Oh my. The avocado one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the most wholesome meme I've ever seen in my James, life. James, can you uh, give me an example of what it sounds like, please? Catcher. Gotcha. Well, this kid opens up his lovely, assumably, Christmas present, and this kid is one of the most um, thankful kids I've ever encountered in my life. He opens up his present and pops out an avocado. And not going, what the heck, an avocado? He goes, it's an avocado! Thanks! <laughs> that was actually pretty accurate. Here's the real thing. It's an avocado! Thanks! 
From this point in the conversation, it kind of derailed again for a second. Logan starts telling Star Wars jokes, which really aren't memes, but it brought up an interesting point on what separates a meme from a joke. The two kind of seem synonymous. This hijacking of a concept and running with it seems to be the perfect way to share a laugh these days, especially with our generation. I want to throw in my two cents. Hold on. So, one of my favorite types of memes are Star Wars memes. <laughs> one of my favorite Star Wars memes is, these are not the dank memes you are looking for. It's a picture of Obi-Wan. This is my second favorite Star Wars meme. Why did Star Wars episodes 4, 5, 6 come before 1, 2, 3? Because I'm in charge of planning, Yoda was. Another favorite type of meme I have is actually one that my buddy here, Jimmy Vineyard, showed me. Um, showed it to me out of the blue, so really doesn't, wasn't sure why he showed it to me, but we were sitting there one day, and he pulls over his phone, and he says, watch this. And I said, oh, no way, it's four minutes long. He's like, don't worry, it's worth it. So I take the phone from him, I press play, and padoom, on pops, do you know the way? And that was the dialogue I watched for four minutes. So that carried on to basically every other conversations about memes we have. It always starts and ends with, do you know the way? <laughs> I am actually part of a group chat with Logan and James and Logan's brother that's titled, On Our Phones, Do You Know the Way? So it truly does carry a few conversations regarding memes. This meme itself is so multi-leveled and in-depth that I really don't have the time or energy to unpack it all. But essentially, the video comes from a virtual reality game where a bunch of these little avatars, inspired from a character originally from the, the Nintendo Sonic the Hedgehog series, bear with me for a second, went viral. And here is just uh, the audio from the video clip of this virtual reality. Do you know the way? Do you know the way? Do you know the way? Venus, you do not know the way. We want to see the way. Want to see the way in your Buddha. So that's what. Logan's talking about. The context behind the meme is pretty layered. Actually, my favorite podcast, Reply All from Gimlet Media, did an episode unpacking it and it was fantastic. So I'm going to link that episode in the description. But this dumb, do you know the way thing is so in-depth, it actually is an avant-garde reference to a filmmaker and very few memers understand that context behind it. But that's in the true spirit of the meme. It's funny, so we pass it along and the original idea is hijacked. The conversation continuously leads us to side conversations and additional side conversations, which just make us laugh. You take any audio from anything and you just turn it up really loud. Oh, that, okay, which is like with the it ones. The it memes were hilarious with the dancing, but it was like. <laughs> yeah, that's the one they do with the Shrek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey now, I'm an all-star. <laughs> oh, or the one with somebody. Have you seen that? That is the best one. That one makes me laugh every time. So the kid's sitting in the bullfighting ring waiting to go. And he pulls the string to open up the bull. And the bull smashes the door on the some body. Here you go, here you go. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that is solid. That's one of the best memes out there. Yeah, that somebody meme is actually my favorite. Part three, the takeaway. So memes are really fun to laugh at, but they can also be used divisively. James kind of summarizes. But there are also the edgy memes or the dank memes, <laughs> which try to attempt to uh, trigger a certain side while the other side finds it funny, such as racist jokes, political jokes, sexist jokes. Like jokes, memes can be made to tear others down. 
Unfortunately, we can always laugh at another person's expense, and memes can kind of be an exaggerated version of that. Memes can also become politicized. You can see memes on protest signs, you see memes made of political leaders, there's even this really weird case of a meme that started out as innocent and turned into a hate symbol for the most extreme alt-right. An early meme came from a comic artist named Matt Fury, who drew this green frog in his comic series. The frog was named Pepe the Frog, appropriately, and people on the internet took a liking to him, and he became just another wholesome, fun meme. But a group of people with extremist views started to take this character for their own and turned him into this hate symbol to push their own racist, discriminatory agenda with their own memes. How this happened is kind of complicated and I don't even really understand it. But either way, my point in mentioning this is that sometimes memes aren't really all fluff. They can come to represent things in ways that would be nearly impossible to explain to someone from the past. However, for the most part, they are fluff. They actually bring people together and keep they keep them in contact. You guys constantly send memes <laughs> to each other. Um. Friends oh, yeah. back home that you haven't seen in a couple months. For sure, Zeus. Do you think it maintains your friendship? 100%. How? What? What is dumb sending dumb humor? Because it gives us something to connect about, bro. But for the most part, a meme is definitely like an understood running joke that everybody can agree with. Like, doesn't matter what side you're on politically, doesn't matter what you believe in or who you are, everybody agrees in it. It's the Tide Pod was the perfect example of it. <laughs> no, I mean the Tide Pod was though, because like literally every single person, every time somebody sees a Tide Pod is like, hmm, that probably looks like it's edible. <laughs> And then people just started doing it. Logan is talking about a meme that's been going around about how edible Tide Pods look to people. Aside from the few that have actually tried to eat them, which isn't good, that's a different story, but the Tide Pod thing has mostly been just a good laugh and a common joke, because apparently it's a shared human impulse to find them appetizing. It can even build bridges between all sorts of people. It fills in the divides that drives us apart. But more than building connections, pushing political agendas or not, or changing the way that we interact with each other, memes are mostly just great to bring a little light into a world that can seem really dark. And as humans, we all know that sometimes it's just fun to laugh with each other about the stupid stuff. Wait, so wait, what was the la 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 one? The Russian singing. No, that's a... I'm talking about the... This guy? So wait, what's this from? It's just a Russian thing. It's really old. So that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. We've got more headed your way very, very soon, and not just about memes. I've had enough of trying to research and explain these for now, and I've had especially had enough of trying to talk to Logan and James about it. I had to edit out so much stuff, you guys don't understand. <laughs> talk about a lot of work.
Also, big news, we are on iTunes. That means that if you're an Apple user in the podcast app, you can find us there instead of some sketchy link posted to Twitter every time we upload. Subscribe to us and our newest episode will show up in your feed. And podcasts are always free. So just click that subscribe button and rate us and leave a review. It helps big time. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. But before I sign off, let me say, here's to all the curious, the open-hearted, the ones who are willing to put aside their own voices and cultivate a mind that yearns to listen. Here's to you. Thanks for listening.